welcome. StreamYard says we're live, which means that we're live. Um, at least if I can trust StreamYard. Uh, but yeah, no, we're here uh, on the day of uh, the alleged Pro Bowl. Alleged Pro Bowl. It may, it may or may not have happened, honestly. Don't ask me. Would, I would know the difference, really. Uh, nobody watched it, apparently. And those who watched it said that it sucked. So, did you watch it? Because I, I, I forgot it was even on. You forgot it was on. Okay. That sounds good. Yeah, forget it's on. It, honestly, not worth it. Not worth watching. Uh, but, yeah. So, other than that, uh, let's see. What else has happened? What else can we talk about? There are a lot of things, but it was kind of a quiet week. It was it was a quiet week in terms of NFL action, of course. It's it's always a quiet week. And then what are we going to get? Media day midweek here, and it's going to ramp back yeah, up again to the true. excitement of the Super Bowl. I mean, the Senior Bowl happened, so, like, there's there's some dynasty, maybe dynasty, you know, aspects there with Malik Willis showing out at the Senior Bowl in a rainy practice. Yeah, tell me more about that. I didn't, obviously, like, I didn't watch the Senior Bowl. I, I didn't watch the Senior Bowl either. I, I watched his highlights. There's a... There's a quick two-minute video of all of his snaps during not the practices, but the game. He did an impressive forty-yard run. Like he's shown some good good mobility, and I, we have to talk about if he gets the draft capital, where he's going to fall in these super flex rookie drafts. We're, we're, we're getting close. Well, we're getting very th- close. At this point, I, I think that it's pretty clear that you know Macaral is going to be a first-round pick, probably top half of the first round, somewhere in there. And now I think that, you know, there was talk about Malik Willis going to Pittsburgh, but I don't think he's going to be there at 20 it is, right? Pittsburgh is at 20. I don't think he's going to last that long, do you? Because I I don't think so. So, you know, I think there's going to be two. That's two already quarterbacks that are going to probably be in the top 15. And that doesn't even include, you know, Pickett and Howell, uh, Carson Strong, maybe, (laughs) Desmond Ritter, We'll see about those. Yeah, two. yeah we'll, we'll see. But I, I think this week defined Malik Willis, his floor. It, de- it defined his floor. Willis's floor. He's, well, I he's think falling past 20, right? No, I don't think so. I, I mean, I think he's going to be in the first round. I just think his ceiling, I mean, what's his ceiling, really? Six to Carolina? Six to Carolina, yeah. Six Carolina. I mean, Detroit really likes him, but I, I feel like they'd find a way to trade up from 20 or – 31 or 32, wherever their pick lands, obviously, with the game this weekend. But yeah, the other pick is two, and I don't think they're not, ah, yeah. I don't think they're going to take them at two, but if they, if they really like them, the Giants are five and seven. They could be a wild card, but I don't, I don't see it. I don't think they're going to do that, but they could be a wild card. Yeah. So I, I really like that we know for a fact Malik Willis is getting first round draft capital because I know that was a question. It was a question leading up to Senior Bowl week, I I believe. Yeah, no, I think I think for now we have uh, you know two quarterbacks that are pretty much a guarantee. What about Kenny Pickett? How guaranteed I, do you think he is? I'm willing to lock him in as the third. I th- I think we get three. I really want to see Sam Howell go in the first, but yeah, no, he's the one that I'm kind of. I don't want to say I'm doubting him, but I'm not sure he gets the draft capital. But he did, didn't he do well at the Senior Bowl. I mean, uh, I don't. Malik I mean, Willis was the only standout. 
he wasn't a standout like Malik. Malik Willis was the talk of the, I mean, I didn't pay much attention to it and I heard about him. Oh, he was the talk of everything. Yeah, so this draft here from Pro Football Network, this one after the Senior Bowl, they have, uh, and this is a good transition, transition us into a new topic. They have Malik Willis going at 11 as a first quarterback to the Commanders. The Commanders. Now they're the Commanders. Kind of like, I mean, I don't like the, I don't like the name, but that's what they have. They have a Willis as the first quarterback going to the Commanders. Jerseys are sick. The, um, yeah. I like the jerseys. I don't like the name. I like the jerseys. And then Pickett at 20 to the Steelers and Corral at 27 to Tampa Bay, which I don't buy. That seems, you know, I don't, that one I don't buy. And then Howell at 32 to the Lions from the Rams. So, eh, I don't. I don't buy it on Corral going that late, but they have four quarterbacks in first. Uh, I do think Detroit would consider a quarterback if there's one that they like at 31 or 32. I think they'd consider it for sure. Uh, But we'll see who gets there. But I don't think that, um, I do think there are going to be four quarterbacks selected in the first. I think it's going to be those four. But unlike last year, I think some of those four might be in the later half, latter half of the round. Uh, but I do think Corral is, gonna, is not going to go at 27. I think Corral is going to be much earlier. Uh, Pittsburgh at 20, I think, is going to pick somebody. And then, you know, I, I think Detroit could close the round with a quarterback at the end. You know, because they're the one team down there that really needs a quarterback. I mean, Tampa Bay also, 27. Could be interested in a quarterback. I do think there's one wild card. Wild card the late, at the end of the first round for quarterback. Green Bay. Ooh, yes. Yeah. Yes, I think so. Because Jordan Love is so bad. We cannot, we cannot have that. We can't have that. I mean, it's just not, you're not going to be able to have that on, on an NFL field. That won't work. That won't work. I mean, you can't have someone who's that bad be your starting quarterback. So if they decide to move on from Aaron Rodgers, I think Green Bay could be a wild card. Just give up on Jordan Love. You trade him for a third and just cut your losses. I do think so. I think that could be interesting. I think it could be interesting as well. I mean, I don't know what's going to happen this draft with the offensive skill players. Like, it's it's anyone's guess. So, I, I couldn't tell. Yeah, you. I mean, there could be a lot of receivers taken in the first round. I mean, New Orleans at 18 is also another kind of a wild card team for a quarterback. You know, I, I do think there are four quarterbacks taken in the first, though. I really do. And I think it's the four. Um, I don't know if anyone else is going to make it into the um, into the first though. Yeah, I the wide receiver spots. I've been looking at them. They they don't look as appealing for fantasy as I would have liked. To be quite honest with you. Well, I mean, you know, we we have no idea if that's going to come to pass, but. Yeah, in that draft uh, from Pro Football Network, they have their first receiver as uh, Garrett Wilson going to the Falcons, which I don't like that. It's fine, but could be a better spot than that. And the next one, Traylon Burks at 13 to the Browns, which ate that. Uh, I don't know if that's – is that better or worse? 
than Atlanta. I think it's worse than Atlanta. I think it's worse too. Is I think Atlanta's closer to getting a competent quarterback to replace their current one than Cleveland. Um, and then, oh, 15, Drake London to the Eagles is also bad. You know, I've talked a lot about the Eagles and how I don't want more receivers to go there. And then Chris Olave to the Saints. So also terrible. Also terrible. I don't want, I don't like that. Yeah, no, it's all bad. Yeah, it's it's all really bad. Okay, no, well, depending on who the quarterback is, Jameson Williams, the Packers, that could be good. <laughs> if Aaron Rodgers is still there, that that might be okay. Uh, if Aaron Rodgers are not there, then they're not so great. No running backs in the first round. That's not a surprise. I think the chances of a running back being in the first round this year are zero. Uh, not zero, but remote. Point you know, one. Not point one. I mean, remote. I, I think that it's, it's possible, but I just I don't see it. And also, you know, Detroit is at the end. And, and Detroit and Cincinnati you have the last two picks. They're not going to be picking running backs. And Kansas City at 30 is not going to pick another running back in the first round. Miami at 29 is probably the best hope for a running back to go in the first. Maybe if there's someone they really like, but I don't I don't think so. I don't I don't think Brees Hall is worth the first. So no, I mean the hope for one of these wide receivers is Mike Williams leaves LA. And someone slides in to replace him. Because, like, I don't want to see these wide receivers going the Eagles, the same. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the top ten, I mean, Jacksonville and Detroit are not going to pick receivers in the first two picks. Houston, I don't think it's going to pick a receiver. I don't think it's a receiver worthy of third overall. So, And then it goes Jets, Giants. Carolina, who is not picking a – they're not going to pick a receiver, I don't think. They don't have room for another receiver. Not not that early. And the Giants again. Atlanta, which is bad. Denver, who's full. And then the Jets again. So, and then Commanders next, which is not good either. So, yeah. Landing, and then it goes Minnesota, which is not good. Cleveland. And then the biggest landmine of all, but I don't think anyone's going to go there, is Baltimore. That would be the worst of, of everything. And then it's Philadelphia, Philadelphia. So really, if a wide receiver is picked early, there's nowhere good they're going to go. I guess of everywhere, Carolina is maybe the best if it's with Deshaun Watson, maybe Denver with Aaron Rodgers, but they'd be pretty full. Um, the, the options are bleak early on, really. They're all bad. I mean, they're some of the worst landing spots in the league. Philadelphia and Cleveland are are up there on worst possible for me. Washington is not much better. So, but yeah, I have the Chargers at 17 circled also. I have them circled. That, that one. That one, I have them at 17 if they let Williams walk, like you said. I have, it's not a great landing spot, but I have New England at 21. That could be, they need a, a real one. And then um, Arizona at 23. If they, I just don't think Rondell Moore was good enough. If they let Kirk and Green walk, 
whoever they would kill Rondell Moore's value, but you know, they have an opening and Vegas also Vegas at 22 Vegas doesn't have anything at outside receiver at all. So they, they could be up there, but yeah, it, it might. And obviously Kansas city at 30, that, that one every year, every year, but that, that one is up on the list. And then, you know, you have bad landing spots in there. Tennessee at 26. That one is bad. You don't want to go there. Um, and Detroit at 32 would be bad. So Pittsburgh at 20 somehow would, would also be very bad. Uh, all right. Some some questions to So if Burrow wins the Super Bowl, I should just wrote about this if, from Craig. If Burrow wins the Super Bowl so young, will it move him up your dynasty ranks? What do you think about that? Uh, how much do you, I don't even know, put in playoffs? Like, I, yeah. How much, how do you feel about that? Uh, I don't factor in playoffs much. And in Burrow's case, he's already pretty much maxed out for me. I don't think he's going to get much higher than he can now. I don't think he's going to hop Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen. He's below Herbert for me right now. And I, I have him behind Kyler, which I really want to flip. And if I flip that, that's like his peak at four. I have him at five. So, like, he's pretty much hit his ceiling for me. Yeah. I mean, I have him at six uh, behind Lamar. Um, I mean, Lamar is younger than Burrow. problem with Burrow is the the rushing upside is not there. His rushing actually reduced this year versus last year after the injury. You know, and, and we know what it takes to be this good as a pure passer. He had 118 rushing yards in 16 games or something like that. You can check that, but it's, it was less than last year. And last year, he only had 140. So in 10 games. So I just wrote this article today. Actually, you know, I just wrote it. So yeah, I didn't, I didn't talk too much about it, but uh, yeah, he, yeah, yeah. No, he didn't really have any rushing and, you know, he, succeeded in his passing volume and that's what especially the touchdowns but it's tough because you have to be like tom brady in tampa to succeed in fantasy in the in this era without running but i do think you know you have a core super flex asset for years and that's with a lot so i have him at six but six overall in super flex I'd be happy spending first round super flex pick on him. But to answer this question, no, I don't think moving winning the Super Bowl would move him up my ranks, really. That doesn't. I mean, it, it would if it would, but it, it doesn't in this case. Um what are y'all's thoughts? Craig again. So that's on Jalen Tolbert. Uh Malik Willis great, and so did Kenny Pickett. Uh, what do you think? I mean, I haven't done like a deep dive on Jalen. Jalen Tolbert. I, I don't watch much Southern Alabama. Tolbert or Tolbert? Tolbert. I'm Tolbert. Tolbert. I th- I'm pretty sure. Yeah, no, you're gonna we're gonna learn during this process that rookies are not my area of expertise. You know, people last year, people I, I would say people knew that two years ago for sure. This year I just have so many followers that like you know, people are gonna ask, just assuming I know everything about everything. I, I will say I'm gonna do my best take my rookie takes with a grain of salt. It's not, it's not my area of expertise. It's, it's not something where I'm the smartest person you can, I, I legitimately think that if you picked anyone in the world to hold your hand through a dynasty startup, I, I would be your best choice. I don't think you pick someone better. 
I think I would be your best choice. For rookies, I could name off the top of my head 100 people I know who know more about rookies than me. I could. It isn't my area of expertise. But I will do my best. And that's all I promise. And that's all I ever promise. Uh, but, you know, you will find that I don't have the same encyclopedic knowledge about rookies that I might about, you know, once players have made it into the NFL. So just keep that in mind whenever I'm giving rookie takes. Uh, in this case, <laughs> anyway, what, what do we think about uh, Tolbert? I, I haven't got to watch him much yet. I know he's a 6'3 burner, so 4'4 four, four speed. I yeah. Just, you know. I mean, I'll have to uh, watch him more. Yeah. I haven't I got think Something that's going to help us is when we get some good rookie ADP coming out. And, and that's, you know, you know, everyone knows I uh, ride DLF. I do my show at DLF. DLF will do their rookie ADP after MFL rolls over the player database to 2022. So look out for that rookie ADP. The rankings are already live, and I, I would recommend checking that out if you have a DLF subscription. Definitely do that. But I think that the rookie ADP will actually be even more insightful because – there are 10 mock drafts. That gives you a good idea of what a large quantity of people think. And that'll get, help you evaluate these players. So look for that. You, you should see it maybe, I would say, in about a week and a half. So something, something that really helps me get started on visualizing the rookie classes is that first set of rookie ADP data. Yeah, um, this year's going to be wild too. So yeah, no, no chases, no Trevor Lawrence 101s. Yeah, we don't have the same locked in. Reminds me a little bit of the 2019 class where like Miles Sanders kind of came out of nowhere. We weren't, we didn't have Miles Sanders like on our minds in the middle of January. He just kind of appeared. You know, it kind of reminds me a little more of that class. So the last two classes, we've known a lot of the top players for a long time, very clear. Whereas like in 2019, we were talking about Hakeem Butler and Kelvin Harmon as first round picks in February and March. So, you know, I think we're in for more of a class like that than we are a class like the last two years. Yeah. I remember Hakeem Butler, the hype train was. No, he was the 101 in rookie drafts in February and March. Kelvin Harmon was the 101 in February and uh, Hakeem Butler in March, I believe. So wild. Uh, yeah, Malik Willis looked great. We, that we already discussed. And then Kenny Pickett, uh, and Craig adds that Pickett went six for six for 89 yards, a touchdown, senior bowl. Yeah, I, I do think they're going to be four first round quarterbacks. I think Howell is the one that's kind of on the fence for me. Um, and, you know, I don't really do draft pick blind evals. As in, I, I just don't. What's the point of that for me? I do. I just don't do that. So like any, once I start evaluating the prospects, it's with draft capital, expected draft capital kind of baked in. So, you know, I'm baking that into the prospect. So right now I have Howell fourth on the list because he's the one I'm not sure is going to be a first, first rounder. Whereas I have, um, you know, I have Corral first, Willis second, and then uh, Pickett third at the moment. I hope he gets that capital. I mean, right now, I think Willis is first for me, at least in a fantasy standpoint. I think I think he's going to get that draft capital. Yeah, I mean, I'm still working on these ranks, obviously. Yeah. But oh yeah, we got a long time. We got what three some months till we get there. We got a oh, long road ahead. 
We still have the combine. We still have pro days. We have time. Yeah, we have, we have a lot of time. Lots of time. Uh, but yeah, I, I do expect that this is going to be a year where I'm not going to be going into the draft with very locked in rankings. I think I'm going to be going in with very fluid ranks and just kind of dumping it the whole thing in the trash and ranking again after the draft. Just my suspicion. More so this year than the last two. More like 2019. This is really the fourth class where I've looked at this. 2019 being the first. Um... Okay, from Craig again. In a Superflex League, what do you think of trading an early 23 first for all of this next part? Ayuk, Chark, Ridley, and the 2022-213 Superflex League. So, what do you think about this? I'm going to hold. So, you want... I want the early 23 first. You want the early 23 first over all of that? Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, if I actually had an early 23 first, I don't think I'm going to trade it for three wide receivers I really don't want in a late second this year. I mean, I don't want Chark. I mean, I do. I do. But Chark is a flyer. Chark is worth a mid to late second in a super flex league at best. At best. Ayuk is worth what? I mean, I tell you where he's worth in my rankings and in a super flex. He's worth... I have him as a late first. And then Ridley is worth, if we knew he was coming back, he would be a late first. If if we didn't, he would be, you know, who knows. But it just seems like a lot of maybe. An early 23 first could just be so much. Like if that's Bijan Robinson, it's worth more than this other side by a lot. It's worth more than the, this other side's ceiling. If everything hits, if it's a quarterback that you can start, you know, a high end quarterback with top five draft capital, kind of the same thing. It's going to be worth more than this other side. So I guess I just don't want to do this. Like if I'm trading my early 23 first, I want something better than a lot of maybe. So I agree. I mean, I think next year in offseason startups, you know, how the kickers take the the name spots of draft picks. I think we could see two of those draft pick slots in round one of startups in 2023. Ooh, that is very unlikely. That is like, I never think we could. could. I think we could. Yeah. That's, that's very rare. It, it is possible, but it's rare. Um, it's possible. Though. But also like, if I had all these players, like, am I really dumping all of this into one first? Maybe oh. not. So yeah, I'm probably not doing this trade either way. I had the players. I'm probably trying to find something else. Uh, from Sage, what are your thoughts? <laughs> I love this question. It's not what are your thoughts about the top 12 tight ends. What are the thoughts on the feedback from your top 12 tight ends? I mean, I feel like this is like a setup question for me. Not set up in a bad way. It's set up as in set up for me to like go off or something. Uh, <sighs> look, I'll just, I said this in the thread. I'll say this again. If you're interacting with me on Twitter and the point of your comment is to get me personally to change my mind, just don't bother. Don't bother leaving that comment. That comment is a waste of your time and it's a waste of my time. How many times on Twitter have I changed, do you think I've changed my mind based on the comment section 
on one of my tweets. How many times has that changed my mind? What, what do you think the answer to that question is? It's, it's definitely zero. It's zero. It's zero. It has always been zero because the odds that someone on Twitter is going to present me with new enough information that I have not already factored in based on the sources of information I actually consume, which is not Twitter. It's you know, podcasts like the DLF podcast, um, Fantasy Pros podcast, Dynasty podcast there, Fantasy the Footballers. Just Those are just some of the ones I listen to. Dynasty Theory is another one I listen to. That one I really like. It's another one I really enjoy. Um, you know, Locked On Dynasty is another one. Uh, just, those are just a few examples of podcasts I listen to. Then there's DLF tools, DLF articles, other people's articles, you know, other people's DLF YouTubes, Addison shows, Shane, Shane's show. You know, there are other shows. That's where I consume my information, plus my research of my own. The odds that a Twitter comment is going to present me something new that I have not seen are low. It has not happened. When it has, it's usually injury information that I was not aware of because that's not something I usually research. This is usually what it's been. It's been something about an injury that I did not know, especially during the season when I don't have a lot of time. But yeah, my thoughts on the feedback are generally the feedback is good. Most people are respectful. Most people are nice. Most people are fine with agree to disagree. You should be if you're interacting with me, because if you're not fine with that, you're probably wasting your time interacting with me on Twitter. I go to agree to disagree very fast because I don't really care if you change your mind. If you're a, if you're a patron of mine, then I'll give you, I'll do a little bit better. I'll insist that you have to listen to me. You're paying me to basically tell you what to do in Dynasty. So I'll do a better job of insisting that you have to listen to me and you have to do it my way because that's, I want you to get the best out of what you're paying for. But if you're just commenting on Twitter, I do not care who you pick for your Dynasty. I don't care. It's your team, not mine. It wouldn't matter to me. So you pick whoever you want. I just, you know, and that's the other thing about that. This is why I encourage people to comment their views in the comment section. It's not for me. My opinion's not going to change. My, my opinion's not going to change. But what if someone goes through and reads the comment section? They can see my rankings. They can see the 50 or 60 people, whatever, 100 people who commented their comments, and then they can decide what's best for them based on my rankings, based on the comments. They can see what kind of what the people think, make a decision that way. So that's why I asked for the comments. It's certainly not for, for my sake. Uh, I often interact with the comments because I like, you know, I like interacting with people. I'm an extrovert. I, I'm an extroverted person. I enjoy interacting. But, you know, the comments are not meant to debate me. That is not the point. I don't enjoy that. If you notice, none of my shows are a debate format. We don't, that's not the point. It happens. If it happens, it happens organically. But we don't do debate segments on here. I don't do debate segments with Cal. So, you know, it's not what I'm looking for. It's not something I, I don't seek it out. I don't enjoy it. You know? So that, that's my thoughts on the feedback from the top 12 tight ends. But again, there was a lot of feedback, but most of it was very respectful. And I'm always happy that people choose to interact with my tweets. I, I don't take that for granted. So, you know, just for the 90 to 95% who interact nicely and respectfully, just, just know that I do appreciate each and every one of you. And I, I respect you for that. And it, it means a lot to me that you continue to come back to me. Uh, so I, I don't want that to go unheard. I, I want the people to hear that. And I, I think I do 
try my best to uh, convey that in my comments. Although it is difficult when there are thousands of comments a week. I, sometimes I have to be a little short in my responses. Do you have anything to add about, about that? I don't know. Uh, no, I, I mean, of, of course, just be nice and respectful and, you know, Twitter is a good place when, you know, people are nice and respectful. Yeah, I, I'm not saying that I'm even the nicest or the most respectful person. I, I'm not. I, I can be edgy. I can be a little short with people. I can be a little bit, you know, arrogant. And I can be a little bit like I'm the best and, you know, that kind of thing. Like, I, I get it. I'm not delusional. I don't think I'm... Whenever I often end up on like lists of nicest person on Twitter or most humble. And I'm like, I often comment. I'm like, thank you for including me in this. I do not agree with this. I, I would not say that about myself, but I appreciate that you see me that way. You know, if it were most available, <laughs> answers most questions, comments the most, you know, most helpful, those, those things I'm fine with, but I'm, I, I'm aware that I can come off it a little bit, you know, I can rub people the wrong way. I, I know that. And it's something that I, I'm working on, but I also recognize that over thousands of comments, it's gonna happen from time to time. And I don't, you know, I don't want to be afraid to comment. I'd rather <laughs> make the comments and, you know, be there instead of uh, worrying about, about that. Uh, oh, Gus, <laughs> welcome. <laughs> this is no comment, just wishing you guys best of luck going forward. Thank you. And I really appreciate that, especially when people from you know my outside, Gus is not someone I know from Twitter, uh, the people from my outside life come and support my show. So I always appreciate that. I like my friends. Uh, from Marcus. Could any players lose value based on a bad Super Bowl performance? If so, who could it be and what would that take? Go for it. Uh, I don't think anyone could lose value based on a bad Super Bowl performance. I, I hope there's no injuries. Injuries are going to be the only way. So let's say injury. Of course, an injury would be bad. Yeah. But that's not a bad performance. So I think we're all, you know. Yeah, a lot of players in this game with stable values, aren't they? I mean, Chase, value Chase is not going to change. Mixon, probably not either. Uh, Higgins, maybe a little. Boyd is already kind of in roster clogger range. Yeah, whose value is really going to drop? I think there's. I think it's more likely that someone's value could rise. But again, who would that be? It would have to be someone off the radar who has a big game. So who, who even is in that category? Who is like an unestablished asset who could move? Like who, who do you who would you even name? I mean if Sony Michelle had a huge game, I think that would help him because it would help his case in free agency. Van Jefferson, OBJ, maybe both of them, kind of their values I think are more open to change. Whereas I don't think what are Chase Higgins or Boyd gonna do to change their value or mix it? I don't think anything. No matter what they do, their value is not really going to change. Yeah, I mean, I could see Higgins moving up if he had a wild performance. But he's already so high. How much higher is he going to move? And and Chase being there caps his dynasty value ceiling no matter what. So it just kind of, I just don't think there's that much on the line. That's fair. I mean, Kendall Bland, who yeah, did good last week. Yeah, but again, that's someone who could gain value. Yeah. Not really lose. 
Because at the end of the day, these games are extra opportunities to prove things. I do think players are more likely to gain value from these games than they are to lose it. Uh, Kendall Blanton. If Kendall Blanton has a monster game in the Super Bowl, he's going to gain a lot of value. But if he does nothing, he's not going to lose much. Because no one's expecting anything. Same thing with someone like Van Jefferson. I wish Jacob Harris were were active, don't you? Yeah. I, I wish, I wish. Jacob, if anyone doesn't know, Jacob Harris was the Rams' fourth-round choice this year at tight end rookie, and he has missed most of the season. <laughs> and he was someone I was, like, constantly hyping up over the summer as having a good chance to do something. And I was, oh, boy, I was not right. Uh, oops. All right, Marcus again. So he's talking about a 10-team, 1QB, no premium league. He has Fryermuth, but wants to upgrade. Okay, Fryermuth is not bad. If he's your tight end one, it's not bad. I could live with that. He has the 107, 220 31st, and 323 seconds. What do I offer for Pitts, or do I go after Hawk? Well, this is difficult without knowing context. I mean, I have no idea. I mean, if it were me who had Pitts, you're probably not going to get him from me. I would generally recommend – I like going after Hawk. I do. And yeah. I, could fry, I mean, you could maybe take Fryer in a second and, and get Hawk. Is that like, what do you think? Is that like realistic? I think it could be. People are people are so down on Hawk. Yeah, after that late season finish when he was injured, kind of playing, kind of not, kind of thing. Really, yeah. rub people. When you finish on a bad note, it hurts a lot more. I know. People have, you know, if there's one thing I can tell people, there's two things that affect people's memory more than anything. Two things. You know what they are? It's the last game they played and something else. More basic than that, though. Generally, not just about football. The first recency thing the last bias. Thing. Yeah. Recency yeah. bias and primacy bias. People remember the first. The people remember the last thing the most, but the thing they remember the second most is the first thing. So people who – players who had strong stretches at the beginning and the end – tend to have more value than those who had it in the middle. But really, you know, you should value the end the most, followed by the middle, then the beginning. Because what was most recent actually matters more, but it doesn't work that way. People remember who hit in the beginning more than who hit in the middle. So the biggest advantage you can get is people who hit in the middle. Unfortunately, Hawk was so bad at the end that it canceled out his strong stretch at the beginning in people's minds. Uh, but like I said, Hawk would be a target for me. Try Friar Muth in a second. People are so down on TJ Hawkinson, right? I mean, so down that he improved his uh, yards per game from 2020, right? That, that That's a bad thing, right? We, we don't want players to improve their yards per game. That, that, that's something we are opposed to, right? Despite having a worse quarterback. We also wouldn't want a player who had more receptions per game in 2021 than he did in 2020. That, that must be a bad thing, right? Very bad, despite having a worse quarterback. Also, despite having a worse quarterback, we wouldn't have any interest in a player who actually caught more of his targets this year than he did last year. Higher percentage, the highest percentage of his career, So, which he's improved every year. So we wouldn't want that player, right? That, that sounds like a player who, you know, he's, what is he turning? He's just turned 24. This year, we would have no interest in such a player, right? We, would, we wouldn't want him. Despite the fact that tight ends usually don't break out until 25 years old. See the case? I mean, I know you know it, but, 
you know, if you're listening, you hear the case now for TJ Hawkinson, first round draft capital, eighth overall, has improved every year in the league, improved. The only thing it didn't improve this year was the health. He doesn't turn 25 until July. 25 is the key breakout age for tight ends. Now is your chance. Just saying. I do think. He's one of my biggest buys in all of Dynasty, TJ Hawkinson. People are sleeping on him. They're not seeing. They're just seeing that he didn't help their fantasy teams. They're not looking beyond that. Just my, yeah. my take. I, I don't even think I consider those three first with Friermuth for Pitts. I don't even know if I would. You're no, I don't want to offer for Pitts. I don't. I think that's it's it's so hard. You can't. Pitts is. I think you go after Hawk at a cheaper price. A second in Fryermuth, I think you get him for that. The second Fryermuth and a twenty-three second, I think you get Hawk for that. I would do it. Yeah. But no, you can't. You can't get Pitts right now. You can't. I, and Craig actually says it himself. He says, yeah, he says. Craig says that he thinks that Pitts is uh, damn near untouchable. Hawk could probably be had much easier. <laughs> so again, we agree on that. But if you can get pits, go for it. But you cannot get pits. So, um, unfortunately, I would have to settle for Hawk. But I, I would like to get pits on my team. I just I think so that hard. people so they, they hold him in like a vice grip. Yeah, where, where do you even start for like pits? Like you don't. That you saying you don't. It's like trying to construct an offer for Jamar Chase. I, you just don't, right? It, yeah, Ed chimes in here too. He's tried to get pits all over, and it isn't happening. Because I think that people are in on pits. I mean, remember the discussion we just had about TJ Hawkinson? We just had a discussion about how after three years, TJ Hawkinson is a, you know, he's doing great, right? He's doing great. He's doing great. He's on the trajectory you want a star tight end to be on, on that trajectory. Now, Kyle Pitts had far more yards in his rookie year than TJ Hawkinson had in any of his seasons. Far more, right? So more... Generally, do we want players who had more yards or less yards? More or less. We want more, usually. More is good. So, Kyle Pitts, again, more receptions in his rookie year than TJ Hawkinson had in any of his years. Any of them. So, again, that sounds good, right? The only reason we don't like Kyle Pitts' rookie season is because he had one touchdown. Touchdowns are fluky. Receptions, targets, and yards are not. This is why Pitts is untouchable and why I would love to get him, but you can't. But draft him as a startup if, if you can. But oh, you, yeah. you, can't, you can't acquire him. You, right? I mean, I haven't seen anyone succeed, really. No. It's the position. I mean, I've seen people go after Chase and get him. It's, it's still possible. It's hard because there's multiple versions of Chase. There's a Jefferson. You know, there, there isn't another Kyle Pitts. So kind of in a bind there. All right. Um, from Craig, in 12-team Superflex, what is the earliest second-round pick you would send for Chark? Uh, I have an answer, but why don't you give it a, a ballpark? And I'll, I'll, I'll give it I'd probably ballpark it right after what Craig said, probably 207, 208. I just took the 208 before I'm in a startup, so in a 14 team, so. Yeah. No, we're close. I'm between the 209 and the 210, so 210 in that case uh, for Chark, 210 for Chark. And then Craig says uh, he's so damn excited for Jacob Harris next year. If he can stay healthy, uh, don't get me started. 
I wasted so much time on that um, hype train. And then uh, Craig is really glad he got Kyle Pitts in a startup last year. I, I'm with you. I'm yeah. with you. I wish I had drafted him more. It was a mistake. It was a mistake for me. Uh, I should have been more in on him. I, uh, I got it wrong. I mean, I don't want to say I got it horribly wrong. I, I ranked him as the tight end one after week one. So I was pretty quick, but I should have been quicker. I'll own that. You know. I wish I drafted him more too. I wish I could learn the lesson though, because there's not going to be another prospect like that. I actually think people are going to overcorrect on the lesson and they're going to move yeah. up other tight ends more than they should. Yeah, there might be in 20 to 25 years. <laughs> and you think I'm going to be doing this in 20, 25 years? Hey, you might be drafted a dynasty team on some VR board somewhere in space. In I'll tell you that there years. is a 0% chance I'm doing this in 20 or 25 years. At best, maybe I have like 10 years left. I'm not the kind of person who's going to want to do something, one thing for my whole life. Like, I would love it if I got a real full-time job in this industry, did it for a while, 10, like I said, 10 years. Like I could easily see doing another 10 years of this, but you know, then I'll be 20, 37 and I might want, you know, to do something else for the rest of my life. But I'm not, I'm not going anywhere. I, um, I want to keep doing this for now anyway, for quite a while. So do you think people are going to overcorrect on Michael Mayer next year? Probably. Because he's, he's going to get that first round capital probably. I don't know. Oh, he will. But there isn't going to be another Kyle Pitts. Yeah, there's, no way he, there's no way he tests as well as Kyle Pitts. There's zero nobody, chance. Yeah, nobody really has except Vernon Davis. Vernon Davis. Vernon Davis. Go look at Vernon Davis's combine numbers if you want something. You think, you think Noah Fant and Evan Ingram are more athletic? Vernon Davis is another story. Yeah. I mean, it is insane, you know, what <laughs> what he did at the um, at the combine. You know, he like <laughs> he ran despite being over 250 pounds, he ran a four three eight. In the 4D. So. I love it. Absolute insane. Yeah, it said Vernon Davis was super freak. Absolutely. People only remember him on the back end of his career, but he was a monster. But, you know, like Noah Fant and Evan Ingram, I mean, those players have a long way to go to be Vernon Davis in their career. But Vernon Davis was never a fantasy superstar. Never. Because athleticism isn't everything. So I, I sometimes I worry about the athletic freaks unless they come with Kyle Pitts's receiving chops, which he has. None of them did. That's why he was the fourth overall pick. And none of, none of them were. All right. Ed says he's offered Kittle Plus for Pitts in two different leagues and was told there was no plus. Unless we're talking multiple firsts. So that gives you an idea. So you'd have to pay Kittle and multiple firsts in Ed's leagues to get Kyle Pitts. So I don't think we're doing that, right? We're not doing that. We're not giving Kittle and two firsts to get Pitts. 
like that that's great but i'm just not mortgaging my entire team to do that that was the price of hits before kittle straight up yeah so i just am not adding multiple firsts are you i see see why the ask is that high but i don't oh that might be my ask i mean if i had pits that's probably what i'm asking but uh hmm well uh, i'm we're gonna have to interrupt the show for some breaking news oh boy this is not good this is very bad this is very bad so we're gonna have to change the tone of the show immediately uh this is bad uh so let's let's uh take a more serious tone so we're gonna have to do that uh it says right here it's from adam schefter and the las vegas municipal police department that's what it says and you know we are i'm just getting this just just coming in front of my eyes right now so i have no idea what this is going to say so i'll read it for you las vegas police arrested saints running back alvin Kamara after today's pro bowl so that's that's already bad let's see um okay nfl player arrested for battery resulting in substantial bodily harm hmm that's that's bad uh okay let's see yeah camaro was transported to the detention center where he was booked for battery resulting in substantial bodily harm so so this is bad uh hmm well uh yeah like a i i mean what do we what do i even what do I say? What, what do we say about this? This this is just coming, you know, in front of my eyes now. Um, I, I don't know. I'm looking at the the press release by the Las Vegas Police Department. I'm yeah, just, no, that's what I was looking at. I'm trying to get more details. I guess this happened right after the Pro Bowl ended. Oh, it looks like it happened before. It looks like it happened yesterday. Oh, February 5th, yeah. I... But the booking was after. I mean, it's being retweeted by Rappaport, uh, Jefter, Ari Myra, my sports update. So, you know, yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. Like, I, my Saints capsule was supposed to be published tomorrow. I, I assume I'm not going to rewrite it, but... You can take whatever I say about Camara and dump it. If this is true, I was I was wondering because I, I I clicked on a league during during the show because it said someone put someone on the trade block. You always examine it. Someone put Camara, of course, on the league in my trade on the trade block. So I I guess I don't know when when do they put him on the block? They put him in. They put him on fifteen minutes ago. So I, yeah. So. I guess, um, I guess that's why I was trying to look for stuff on Kamara. I just didn't, you know. I mean, there's not a lot of information. So an incident at a nightclub. So I don't know. That could, that could mean anything. Uh, that's bad. I would say that a domestic incident would be worse, uh, generally, if we're talking about suspensions. A domestic incident would be worse than an incident in a nightclub, but a nightclub is still bad. Uh, look, 
It's very simple. The NFL is arrested and charged. Is going to suspend him for six games. It's simple. So we have some some comments attached. So Robert's asking if this could end Kamara's career. <sighs> yeah, running back at that age, yes. 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 Um, I don't know. Hmm. Well, hmm. I don't know. It's tough. I don't really know what to say, right? What What do we say? There's nothing really to well, say. I I would say that there were some people talking about Dalvin Cook's legal situation. But I think that that's mostly – that's more, you know, hearsay. There was no arrest. There was no arrest. There was no charge. There was no – there was a, a civil suit that we never heard more from. So that was more, you know, smoke. Because mm-hmm. something could still come out of that. And something I remind people is, is out there and take it as a risk during the offseason. But – you know, I've generally leaned on the side that that will not affect Cook's availability for the 2022 season in any way. I don't feel the same way about this. He's already been arrested. That's already, that's, you can't just, there's going to be no way to brush it off. You're not going to be able to be like, well, that was nothing. I mean, he was arrested for battery charges. So that's, that is not going to vanish. It's not going to disappear. We're not going to just forget it happened. Uh, but yeah, it depends on what it is, right? It, it depends on what it is. Yeah. We need more details. Yeah, we need a lot more detail. A lot more detail. Like, who did he hit? How badly are they hurt? Is there a video? How bad is the video? Uh, all of these things. I mean, as someone who has a master's degree in sports management, this is, I would know more about this than, than most. Obviously, I don't have any extra information about this specific incident, but about how this would be handled. Um, and I do think that there's going to be a suspension of some kind. Look, I would say if you're in a draft now, and I even hate that this comes up, but we ha- I have to talk about it because there are people in this situation and they, they're going to count on me to tell them what to do, right? Would you just not draft him? I mean... You should be looking at if he gets a massive suspension. You're looking at a 27 year old running back who is, has a suspension. I mean, you don't that that's not an asset you want. Where where would you even draft him at this point? I'm probably going to drop him a whole round from wherever I had him before. Yeah, I I definitely agree. I mean, it, it's it's tough with we don't know the situation. He he went three, four in the most recent startup I did, I'd be taking. That's already way too high for me anyway. I mean, I was never going to have Alvin Kamara because I'm just not going to draft a 27-year-old running back on a horrible offense ever. So I I was never going to have him on my team. I don't have him on any of my teams. None of my patrons do unless I inherited a team with Kamara. So... I would just move on because I've recommended him as a sell anyway, and I'm not starting with that. I'm going to wait. 
I've been begging people to move on from Camara. Obviously, I, I could not have foreseen this. But since I already wanted to move on from Camara, I would just, I just don't, I, I, I'm not going to get, okay. With Tyreek Hill and Deshaun, Tyreek Hill in the past, the problem with selling Tyreek Hill is if you were wrong, and you know, essentially we were wrong, he came back and it's like the legal issues never happened. Essentially, right? You can talk about them, but from a suspension perspective, from an NFL perspective, it's like they never happened. And if you sold Tyreek Hill low, you gave up a 25-year-old wide receiver one for three seasons. That's still only going to turn 28 in a month. You got demolished. If you sold Deshaun Watson low and he comes back and you gave away a fantasy quarterback one for 10 years in a dynasty league, you're getting killed. It's just a disaster. You can't afford to do it. This is not those cases. This is a different scenario. You're giving up an aging running back who's already 27, who is never going to have the, especially not now, is never going to have the dynasty value again. I would just, I don't want to be a part of this situation with an older running back who now is arrested for battery charges. I don't want to deal with this. I don't want him on my team. He just, I would like to move on from him. If I have to take a massive loss, I am okay with that. I don't have any shares of Camara that I would have drafted this offseason because I never would have drafted him. If I had existing shares, just take the loss and move on. I, I don't. This is going to play out for months. There is some thing in Dynasty, something to be said for not having to deal with these situations. And you can choose to do that by either just not bothering to try to trade them, pretending the player doesn't exist and treating it that way. Or you can do what I'm recommending and just once and for all, try to wash your hands of this situation. And then he will be someone else's problem and you don't have to deal with this. I would not draft him in a startup no matter what. I don't care. It's three rounds for, I, I don't care. I don't need a 20, I don't need the aging running back who has an indefinite, indeterminate suspension hanging over my head. So I will let someone else pick him. He's off my draft board completely. I, I do, agree. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I do want to get more details, but like that's just for. Yeah. I mean, I'd like to get more details because I want to know what's happening. Yeah. But, you know, I'm, I, I mean, I'm invested in this scenario from a, from the perspective of, you know, that this is important and, you know, assault and battery is wrong and it's a crime. And Alvin Kamara is a public figure. It's just a bad example for people. Uh, so, you know, I, I want to make it clear that this is, look, I'm probably never going to like Alvin Kamara again. Just, just from a perspective of that. I'm probably never going to like him again. I probably won't. I probably won't like him. So, you know, I, 
don't tell other people what to do based on the players that I like. But, you know, you can tell when I don't like a player based on something that's not about football. Same thing. I probably won't ever like Deshaun Watson again. He might play well again, but I'm not sure. I'll never like him. You'll never hear me like glow or gush about him. I'll talk about him, but I'll always feel, you always hear it in my voice. So just keep that in mind when I talk about Kamara in the future. Um, all right. Jacob says, pick up all the depth running backs on the Saints. I mean, sure. I'm, I'm slightly more interested in Mark Ingram was extended to a contract for next year. And Tony Jones is still there, but unfortunately there's two of them. And this reminds me a little bit of the Bengals situation, which I wrote up today, which is just the boring, uninspiring veteran who leads the depth chart, you know, Ingram and P. Ryan. And there's the young player who has more upside, but isn't even the backup in, in Jones and Evans. So I guess I would pick them up, right? But I'm not expecting no. much. Uh, and, you know, eh, I mean, I hear you, but, you know, I mean, if it's all, oh, look, like, I I hear you, but this is the way the world works. You know, I, I can choose not to like anyone for any reason. You know, it, there's a reason that the legal system is innocent in pro, until proven guilty. There's a reason that the legal system, the who Tyler likes system, doesn't work that way. A lot of people on Twitter I don't like. They didn't commit any crimes. A lot of people in the world who I don't like. So, yeah. In the court of the Tyler like you, it's not innocent until proven guilty. That's that's a different court. I don't I don't decide legal things. There's a reason why <laughs> the reason why legal charges are not based on the does Tyler like you court. Because that court is, uh, you know, a little different. It's based on my emotions and my feelings. And, I, you know, I'm a person. I'm a human being first. And, you know, I'm going to be the human being that I want to be. So th this is the human being I want to be in this case. Yeah. And honestly, I I'm really fine with um, siding against, you know, people who are charged with assault. Uh, I think I'm, I'm fine with that. I don't have any problem with that. And then if they're if they're innocent and you know proven innocent, then I can come back to them. But I'm fine with just signing against them. Personally, I'm okay with that. Uh, from Damon in a ten team superflex. <laughs> so weird to it's weird to transition. Honestly. Yeah, it's weird to jump back. But I, you know, I'm I'm professional. I'll do it. <laughs> I honestly like it is what it is. You know, we, we did the same thing with, with, with the rugs incident when it happened. I mean, look, in that incident, someone died. Someone died. Multiple, multiple people, I believe. Someone died. But it was, a, per it was a, a woman and her dog, I believe. Okay, so a woman and a dog. But still, someone died. And, you know, we had to, you know, if I want to have a job, 
in this space have you have to talk about fantasy impacts even if it's hard and i did that in, in that case with the, the other raiders players i had to and i still have talked about i mentioned rugs later i truly believe that Derek carr would have had a monster fantasy season if rugs had stayed in the lineup and without him that offense sputtered they needed the speed element that rugs brought to the table and that was a way more serious situation than this. But we still have to talk about it. So the same thing goes here. Uh, and, you know, if you're in the comments trying to talk about this, you're wasting your time. You're not. Do you want to talk about something you're never going to change my mind on? It's like my feelings and, and how I morally am as a person. If you have an opinion on that, I will tell you, keep it to yourself. This is something where I am not interested. Unless unless you know me. If you know me personally, if you've had a conversation with me personally, please share your, your thoughts with me in a DM. But on here, keep that to yourself. Uh, all right. From Damon. Hey, guys. In a 10-team Superflex, I have three seconds early, minute, late. Would you hold these or try to package or move all three to move up into the first? Um... That depends on your league, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, I'm fine with an early second in a 10-team super flex. I feel like there's a tier break at a, at a certain spot. We'll, we'll know better with landing spots after the draft, but it definitely happens before 10. So depends on where you're trying to move up to. Yeah. I mean, that depends on what the offer is. That depends on you know, what your league mates can. Generally, I would prefer, typically I prefer the, the one, the side of one over the side of two or three, usually. Because that gives you extra room to stash deeper players later, right? But generally, if it's close, prefer the side of one. But that depends on value. And this class is relatively flat. So moving up less, I would say, than normal and holding the deeper picks more. But again... Uh, present a specific offer, maybe, and I will I'll weigh in on that offer. I think that'll be more helpful than trying to give a, a generalized advice on, yeah. on this. Last year, if it was if it was, you were hopping in the top ten, you were taking that offer no matter what, really, because you were getting like Javante Williams or Jalen Waddle, Devonte Smith type. Yeah, there was like a group of a group of ten. Um, yeah. Javante, Javante was the cutoff, and he's what the dynasty like RB three or four now. So, yeah, Javante was was the ten, um, and but you know Waddle was after that, and yeah, you know Waddle was and Zach Wilson was out of it, and whoopsie, <laughs> right? Like that that didn't work. So, what do we really know, right? Like sometimes we, you know, we think we know. But, you know, the rookie, uh, at the end of the day, like, rookie classes are kind of a little bit of a crapshoot sometimes. And I think this year is going to be a crapshoot more than, more than uh, others. Um, hmm. Yeah, I definitely agree on that, that aspect. I mean, yeah. the wide receiver class is strong in, in depth. I think we'll have... 
decent players in the early second round at the wide receiver position. But farther than that, I, I can't tell you how this class is going to shape out. Yeah, I mean, I know that a bunch of wide receivers are going to go in the first round. Um, but other than that, you're I, I'm with you in not having a lot of confidence. That's, if you're moving in the mid first, though, I, I'd, I'd probably try and take it. If you're moving to that five, six range, I'll, I'll presume, say, a, a Matt Corral, if he doesn't go super high, or a Garrett Wilson will be there. So, yeah. I mean, we'll see. I, you know, <sighs> it's, uh, I mean, you know, I said I said I wanted news, right? This is this is not what I wanted. I wanted to just make fun of the Pro Bowl. Yeah, oh. uh, it's it's gonna be really tough uh, for me on SDLF because Cal's a Saints fan, so I'm sure he's gonna know even more about this than I will. Um, but you know, for now, I will tell you that I have spotted Alvin Kamara. I've moved him down to running back far enough down that I won't get him. But I, where I put the ranking is not even my ranking. This is what I would tell my patrons to do. Because that's really what the rankings are. This is a case where I'm not sure I would even do what I told them to do. I would tell them, hey, look, you can take him here. But for me, she's just, I'll pass entirely on Alvin Kamara. Uh, but I, I did move him to a spot in my rankings, and that'll that'll come out. Uh, well, for Patreon, that'll probably come out after I'm done recording. I will update those for you. Uh, well, Super Bowl is uh, next week. Yeah. By this time, we'll, we'll probably have a Super Bowl winner. Yeah, we will. And it says you can trade those picks on the clock. Yeah, absolutely. Who do you have as your Super Bowl winner pick, by the way? Oh, I... I cannot pick against Cincinnati. I've, I've, car- they've carried me thus far. I picked them every week. I picked them to go to the bowl. I picked them to win. I picked the team that they're playing wrong, but Cincinnati's going to pull it out. Joe Burrow's magic. Huh. I would love, I mean, I want, I want Cincinnati to win, but honestly, like, I'd be fine with the Rams winning. I, I like Matthew Stafford a lot. You know? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, it's not it's not a year where it's like, oh Brady's gonna win another one, you know. It's not one of those years, but I, I'm okay with the Rams winning too. But like I said, it, the Bengals are just a magical story. Like we we talked afterwards where I had them on the power rankings for my for this year coming into this year. I'm pretty sure I had them at twenty four. Like this is a Cinderella story. Yeah. That's true. All right, from Damon. Out of the fringe group, <laughs> that's funny. Uh, who do you guys think will be a starter somewhere next year? Trubisky, Mariota, Minshew. I'm sure I'm missing someone else in that field. Yeah, okay. I would add Teddy Bridgewater to that group as like the Minshew's not a free agent. I mean, Trubisky, Mariota, Bridgewater are the main ones that are free agents. Winston, of course. Do, do you think any of them get a starting job? You, you know who I want to say, so you go first. I think Winston gets a starting job. I think Winston is Tampa Bay's quarterback. You know this. You know how I've said this. 
I don't think anyone's going to want to be New Orleans quarterback. Now, especially not now. So it's even worse now. 74 million over the cap too. So I don't, I think Jameis uh, going back to New Orleans, the book on that closed when Sean Payton retired, but I think now it's only, it's just getting worse and worse and worse. So I, I don't think anyone, he's not going back there. I do really think, I legitimately think Jameis could be the quarterback in Tampa. I really do. Yeah. I think, I think they'll get out of that cap situation because I, I was looking at someone posted a chart the other day that they could restructure a lot of that and go well under the cap, yeah, but there's not enough talent to want to come back. That yeah, that's just kicking the can down the road with players you don't want anyway. So I don't know about that. But uh, I do think Jameis gets a starting job. But what about the rest of the group? Plus Teddy. I, I want Trubisky to get a starting job. He he was done so dirty in Chicago by Matt happen. Nagy. It's not going to happen. I want it to. Where would it happen, though? I know. We were, we were, we were theorizing it would be with Dable, but that's not going to happen now that he took the Giants right. job. So... I do think that there's a chance Trubisky signs somewhere as more of a legitimate backup, like a backup that could go in the game. Someone is going to take the New Orleans job, at least temporarily. That could be him. But if it's not him, then, you know, I think he has a good chance he signs with the Giants. Or in Cleveland. Like yeah, somewhere or perhaps Green Bay behind Love if Rodgers goes, you know, maybe in Detroit. Somewhere where if the current starter, uh, Atlanta, if Ryan really starts to falter down the stretch, somewhere if the current starter plays poorly that he could get a legitimate chance to start, where obviously Josh Allen is not getting benched. So I do think Trubisky is going to sign somewhere like that. Mariota, I think, is uh, – I think we've – I think I've seen enough of Marcus Mariota as a starting quarterback. Like, I think I'm good. Do you, do you disagree or do you, do you see that differently? Because I, I think I'm done with Marcus Mariota as a potential starter. I don't think I need to see that again. Personally. See, on one side, I agree. At the other side, every time he came in for the Raiders, he was electric. He wasn't better than Derek Carr was this year by any means, but – it kind of feels like he was teetering on that 32 line, if you know what I mean. No, I don't think he is. He reminds me a little bit of Tyrod Taylor. I don't – he's fine, but you really should not sign him to be a starter. He's only a starter if you end up with something like the Deshaun Watson situation. You sign Tyrod Taylor, then you can't convince Deshaun Watson to come back. You get something like that, maybe he's the starter, but I don't think anyone is ever signing Marcus Mariota to be their starter in tension. What did he show on the Raiders really? Yeah, yeah, he had to play here or play there. But, like, he never really started. He never really had any significant time. What did he show to that he's better than what he was before? He had four years plus. What did he show to change people's minds? I just don't he think he, he was He was kind of dealt the one of the worst hands possible in those four years. Not an excuse. He was terrible in 2019. Ryan Tannehill comes in and is suddenly good. What's the excuse? That That's just insane. I can't believe right. that happened. But the excuse is what exactly? It, it, really, it really did eliminate his excuses, but I still think... There are, yeah, there are no excuses. I think he's going to do what you said with Trubisky. He's going to sign somewhere, kind of compete. No, I think he's going to be the opposite. I think he's going to sign in the role that Trubisky has now. Because I think that's what he can get. 
is a legitimate backup job on a playoff team that needs a quarterback who can potentially come in and play a legitimate game if the starter goes down. I think that's what he's going to do. Could be where he is now. It could be in New England. It could be in Buffalo. Could be the Chiefs. There are a lot of places that need a player like this. Uh, So, you know, I think he's going to go somewhere like that. I, I just don't see him as the same level as the others. Minshew, it's interesting. I don't think someone trades for Minshew to be, I mean, the Eagles just traded for Minshew to be a backup. But I don't think, I guess someone else could do that. But he, he could request a trade out to I get a better it. opportunity. He walked into Howie Roseman's office. I remember this midseason. He walked into Howie Roseman's office. He's like, Howie, what can I do to start? And Howie's just like, nothing. <laughs> so maybe he wants out. I don't know. I just think he's on one of the teams where he's the has the best chance of winning the job. I mean, where is he gonna go? That's better. No, I legitimately think though, Minshew, when he hits free agency next year, is gonna be more like how I think of Jameis now. Someone who I think will get a nominal starting job. Nominal. Nominal as in that starting job is very tenuous, but Minshew is someone that long-term I do have interest in. Yeah. Mariota, I think, has burned out all his chances. Trubisky is right on the line. Teddy Bridgewater, he was competent. Teddy Bridgewater is the one I think is, like, teetering on the 25 to 32. Like, you think Denver re-signs him? I actually think that is not that if they don't get Rodgers. I think they'll re-sign Bridgewater and look at a quarterback in the draft again. I agree. Yeah. Maybe someone like Willis pick it. Yeah. But Rodgers is their first choice. Two hundred percent. I mean we know they that. passed on Justin Fields thinking Aaron Rodgers is gonna be available then. So I think that Bridgewater Bridgewater's like right on the line. Like I think Jameis starts. Everyone else doesn't. And Bridgewater is the one that's kind of up in the air for me. Very up in the air. I think he's like right on the line. Like Trubisky doesn't. Mariota doesn't. But Bridgewater is the biggest, is a maybe for me. Maybe. I mean, I- Pittsburgh could sign him. I mean, he'd be better than... I think there are just there are teams where he'd be better than what they have. That's true, but I still think Trubisky deserves another chance. I'm just gonna I'm gonna solely remain in that camp till. I'd rather see Trubisky have another chance than Mariota have another chance. Minshew is the one I want to see the most, probably of the bunch, but he's not a free agent. Yeah, I remember, what was it, two years ago? I remember the stretch where uh, Nagy took away play calling and gave it to Bill Lazor in the offense, and Mr. Trubisky just hit another level. Yeah, I mean, look, I think that someone signs in, it's not going to be Taysom Hill, so with Sean Payton, someone is going to sign in New Orleans and start week one after, while they may or may not be ready. So someone is going to do that. That could be Jameis. Teddy or Trubisky can probably be one of those three because they can't afford Jimmy G. So one of those three is probably going to sign there. 
and then he wants a winning team so yeah but then one of those three doesn't go there plus jimmy g is going to go to tampa someone is going to go to tampa one of those three or jimmy g because they can afford him the cap is not as bad will go to tampa so someone's going to go there jimmy g is going to go somewhere and then pittsburgh is up in the air denver are a couple potential options who, who may or may not get Rodgers. So, yeah, I would say if I had to predict, i just get a prediction. Jimmy is traded to the Steelers. You know, Jameis signs in Tampa. And Teddy is the one who re-signs in New Orleans. Trubisky ends up in New York as a legitimate backup to Daniel Jones. Would be That's kind of my prediction. Denver ends up getting Rodgers. And they don't they don't participate in this sweepstakes, but that's kind of I think that's my prediction for what what happens. But there are obviously many potential. Oh, you could you could go many ways. I think I think Jimmy G ends up in Washington, which I think that's another oh, commanders. Yeah, I think that's very that is very possible. To me, Jimmy G are the Steelers and Commanders are the two the two most likely. You know yeah. who. Who do you think, though, needs him more? Oof. I, I, th- Steelers. I, feel like I feel like it's Pittsburgh. Steelers are more in a win-now mode. Where I think the commanders with Rivera, and yeah, Rivera's not the youngest coach, but I feel like Rivera is more okay with a, timely pro- a time process. It's more time. He's not getting fired or anything. And I think that you know, he needs to build up a little bit more. I don't think they're, they're not a win now team. I don't, I don't see him as, as that anyway. So I, I just think that's cutting off their nose, like despite their face kind of thing. Like I think they need to look, look more at a quarterback in the draft with that 11th overall pick. A trade for Jimmy G, I just don't think is a, a move the commanders need to make. With that said, does that franchise have a history of competent decisions? Not really. So I could see them doing it. But the Steelers, I think, make more sense. I think the Steelers – and the Steelers made the playoffs this year. I think the Steelers with Jimmy G would have won a few more games. Team was good around around them. Just Ben was no good. Okay, so from Jacob, how does the market's perception of rookies after events like senior bowl – this is a really good question. How a chain, so how does the market's perception of rookies change after events like the Senior Bowl and Combine? Are there common over and under corrections to be aware of? Um, what do you think about this? I mean, it is a fantastic question. I mean, so I, I feel like the Senior Bowl, I don't know if much changes. I feel like more info gets leaked and we could get more of, you know, a perceived notion of, like the Malik Willis Steelers report, we could develop a floor, like I said earlier. Correct. Yeah, it's not the senior bowl itself. It's the articles that are published after it, the mock drafts, how they change after it. I don't think that your average dynasty player pays attention to the senior bowl, so it doesn't move the market. But I would say the mock drafts that come out after it do. So the senior bowl. The combine, though, that definitely does. That moves the market in itself. I think your average dynasty player does pay attention to the combine. Because your average dynasty player is a hardcore fantasy player. So then you're, they do pay attention to the combine. So things like times, 40-yard dash times, they, they definitely do. I mean, I, I, I remember it. 
vaulting certain players up and pushing certain players down. Yeah, totally. And I mean, to agree. He doesn't seem to see a lot of movement from senior, but unless a bigger name really stands I, by someone, I think he's talking about a bigger analyst. Uh, let's, yeah. let's, I think Malik Willis moved up a lot after this weekend. I though. do. I, I think agree. that's it, though. That's it. I think he's the one who broke through that that area, but no, no one else. I don't think really. No. Combine, you'll see some movement. Ed says, I totally agree, but depends on what happens. And then he also says that he expects Mr. Bisney to go to the Giants to compete, like I like I said. And I, I, that I totally see. The Giants need a real backup to Daniel Jones. It cannot be Mike Glenn. And we have a trade from Jacob. So 107, 106, 107, 201, and Bateman or Burrow, 12-team Superflex. This is really easy, right? Uh, I'm taking the Burrow quarterback. Easy, right? Yeah, I'm taking the quarterback. Yeah, I'm close. You, there's there's no elite assets on the other side that you're giving up. 106 is probably the best asset that you're giving up, and it'll Correct. probably be a receiver. Probably. Probably, but we don't know. But either way, we don't know. either way, all of this other stuff is, uh, you know, is a Nothing lot of premium. Whereas uh, Joe Burrow is a stud quarterback, so we're, we're going to go with a stud quarterback essentially. Always. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, I, yeah, well, let's see. So I'm good uh, wrapping up, <laughs> wrapping up the show at this point. We've gone a little bit over time, but the, not that we have any time limit on the show. No, there's no time. The, uh, the Camara incident uh, definitely took us off. I don't want to say off topic, but it took us, we took time to talk about it. Um, But I just, you know, I will discuss that more on SDLF on Tuesday. We should have more information at, the, at that stage. Uh, but other than that, you want to uh, tell the people what you're working on? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm starting that rookie content grind. I'm gonna I'm gonna get into it right after the Super Bowl starts. You can find my tweets down here at Ryan Pros underscore FF. And I don't know. Do you, do you want to close it out with a with a score prediction for the, for the Super Bowl? Hmm. Uh, oh, sure. Yeah, we'll, we'll do that after I tell the people where to. Yeah, to, of course. Like, subscribe. So, yeah, if you're um, if you're on YouTube, make sure you like this video. Make sure you subscribe, subscribe to the channel. Uh, if the button's red, hit hit subscribe. And then, if you're on podcast, we're still not on Apple. Hopefully soon. Uh, but if you're on Spotify, follow the podcast and like video uh, each video and leave a review if you can. I don't know exactly when you're allowed to leave Spotify reviews. You have to listen to a couple of, of podcasts before you can, but leave us a review. That really helps people find us. That's actually probably the thing you can do that, that helps the most. Uh, and YouTube comments really help drive people to the video. So, so those two things. You can find me on Twitter there. You know where to find me. Patreon, you know you know where that is. Uh, this was definitely was definitely a difficult show for me. I get, uh, you know, I get emotionally passionate about i'm probably more emotionally passionate about real life uh jacob says thanks for the content you're welcome um i probably get more emotionally passionate about uh real life stuff than i do um fantasy uh so i just appreciate everyone sticking through through this show while i live reacted to the camera stuff and uh, i hope it came out okay if it didn't, I'm sorry. I, I tried to strike the right tone. I, you know, 
I always try my best. And uh, but I'm a person. And you know, it was uh, it was live, so I just hope uh, it came out good. Yeah, let's uh, let's get that score prediction. Anyway, let's close on that. Well, you know, I'm gonna go 28-24 Bengals. I, I, I'm, the magic, the magic. One more week. Joe um, Joe Burrow's that guy. I'll flip you and go 28-24 Rams. Just oh, okay. I, I hope it, I hope the final score ends up on that, so we can have a little bit. It would be later. hilarious if it did. We will bookmark this moment if, if it ends up 28-24. We're we're bookmarking this. But anyway, thanks everyone for watching, listening, however you consume this, and. Uh, we will see you next week, and I will let you know when the show's coming out because it will not be on Sunday, but it, it will be soon. Yeah. soon Everyone's going to be busy on Sunday. It's going to uh, be a great day. Yeah, I will see you uh, in the bottom. See you.